0: Hey, Julie. Hey, Julie. Welcome to Hey, Julie, a podcast that continues to not be about Big Brother (laughs) for another uh, six weeks or so.
1: Yeah, but we do have some light Big Brother news to kick off this episode. I saw a tweet from the new casting director of Big Brother US. Oh,
0: I don't follow (laughs) this person.
1: Um, I'll find her handle and give it to you, but it confirms that casting for the season is done. The cast is locked.
0: It seems like they waited until, um, the FBI arrested most of the people who were there on January 6th. So there shouldn't, we're just hoping there isn't too much of an overlap of uh of patriots and uh and bb23 cast members
1: it's gonna be so patriotic
0: oh god okay i'm (laughs) i I feel grossed out (laughs) saying that uh anyway so yeah very exciting what are are these people all like it's may 29th what are these people all gonna sit in a hotel for the next month and a half
1: do they have to do that because y'all are vaccinated
0: Hot, vag, summer.
1: <laughs> yeah. Do they like? Is that no, really I meant necessary? more like
0: not oh. not to get keep away from the virus, but to keep away. Like, hey, if you know you're on um, the show, sequestered. Uh, yeah, sequester so you don't see what's Regular happening in the news. Regular Regular quarantine. Royals are dying.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um uh, Maybe I don't know. And you know, I know they always do the alternates as well, so I'm sure those people are all picked. I like which castmate they're going to announce the cast how many castmates do you think are going to get canceled before the season actually so, starts yeah that's
0: what I was going to say it's like we're if the if the cast has been notified mm-hmm. we're soon going to have like some you know Rob has a podcast <laughs> co-host being like my friends cousins brothers sisters co-worker knows someone who knows someone who's like at, it works at the same bar as like this person who's going to be on there. And then we figure out who they are and we open up their Instagram and we're like, oh no. Right. Oh no. For whatever oh, reason. Yeah. So um, um, I think one, I think one cast member will be pre canceled.
1: Yeah. That's a, I think that's safe to say. Um, I just, I want to give credit where credit's due. The casting director is at Alex Stern girl on Twitter. Oh my God. And just FYI, She's a dog lover, a Buffy super fan, and reality TV casting producer. She's also worked on Survivor, Amazing Race, Top Chef, Married at First Sight, and Love Is Blind.
0: She lives in LA. She's single.
1: <laughs> She's cute. She's got a cute hat on. Oh God, um, no! I don't want people. <laughs> I don't date
0: people who wear hats.
1: <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. You know, you
0: gotta have. You gotta have your standards. Interesting. I know I'm not getting any younger, but I I got I'm not going to settle, you know.
1: Yeah, she has not <laughs> to rag on this girl because she is not part of the cast. But her, one of them, a few tweets down, she has this picture of a house that literally looks like a computer simulation, like a Sims version of a house. Mm,
0: yeah, I'm looking.
1: And at it. it says it's summer. You know what that means? And there's a pool. So the idea I'm supposed to take from this is that this is her backyard and her pool, but it really looks like a fake computer-made house so you know take that for what you will
0: all right i okay now i'm deep uh, now i'm deep on this poor woman's uh
1: (laughs) we do not endorse Uh, profile (laughs) stalking big brother uh production you got a
0: public profile you're tweeting about it my job here is done 22 hours ago as we tape this my job here is done that's a wrap on hashtag bb23 casting heart emoji five hours later this doesn't mean the cast is locked and finalized. <laughs> it just means I've done my job and now the powers that be will do theirs. So right. she's just submitted a number of, of headshots and uh, and videos and stuff to-
1: The final 50. The to,
0: Moonves, the to, Moonves yeah, Whoever family. took Blaz
1: Moonves's place. I forget who it is. Oh, speaking of the Moonves clan, we did get a hot tip in the old Twitter ads about- yeah. Ms. Julie Chen Moonvez's new venture, Faith Center Hoodies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She on her uh, Instagram at Julie Chen Moonvez. Remember it, Moonvez,
1: folks. <laughs> yeah. She, she tweets,
0: so I've been working on something. Hashtag at, oh, sorry, uh, hashtag Faith Center Co. And she's got some new sweatshirts she's plugging.
1: Yeah. And someone pointed out that the um, design of the sweaters is a little weird because you can barely read the copy that says Faith Center on the ho- hoodies. So we don't know. Listen, we don't know who Miss Chen Moonbez outsourced this work to, whether it's professional, whether it's just some schmo no. who was like, well, this is easy money to make <laughs> this lady's new to print, side hustle. To print
0: three words on a hoodie is, yeah, you can kind of you can get that done pretty easily.
1: I'm just, like, very interested in this, um, you know, build-up and launch of this new company that she's been doing. Because it was as if she was teasing it all last season with her Bible verses. Yeah. The fact that she sent Bibles to cast members as like, a goodbye gift, cast rap gift. And now the launch of this company... I'm like, if this was a good, if this was actually an interesting, good product, this would have been a really smart way to do it. Unfortunately, it's not, it's the product is God. So it's kind of tough. It's a tough sell, in my opinion.
0: Do you think that it seems like for, uh, there's five sweatshirts here, all but one of them the words Faith Center Co. are a pretty similar shade to the color of the, the fabric of the sweatshirt. Do you think that the, the strategy there is like, oh, I see a person walking. They have something written on their sweatshirt, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> and I, now I have to investigate. And then when you investigate and get closer, you're like, well, I've committed so much to this. I might as well become Christian now
1: uh it it's possible. it is possible. I mean, in Julie some
0: cost fallacy, you know, it's right. like the way they get people to do a timeshare. It's like, well, I've been here for nine hours. I yeah. should get the timeshare,
1: yeah, totally um it, it's it's a hundred percent possible. I just think it's interesting timing that we got a story also about Mr. moonbez, Mr. Les not actually oh, getting his his golden parachute. The CBS found that uh, some way that they won't have to actually pay him the, like, $150 (laughs) million exit package. (laughs) So I just think Julie picked up the newspaper and was like, shit, I got a fast track faith center. This is going to keep us afloat. This is going to pay the mortgage now. This is going to pay the legal fees.
0: What do Christians like? Light sweatshirts.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: I need to sell $150 million worth of sweatshirts (laughs) this weekend. Oh, no, it's summer. It's about to be summer. Julie. You live live in California. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wait till, like, BB season's over and be like, oh, it's October. You need to cuddle up with your bae.
1: Exactly. Okay, so over Sign up for that
0: that timeshare in the sky.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's your guess on her either wearing one of these or outright hawking one of them on the air this year.
0: She won't wear them. She will lightly, she will lightly say something religious and say that she has an Instagram account.
1: Don't you think she'll say like, what she'll ask it in the form of a question. She'll be like, and that really shook you from your faith center, didn't it? Oh, when he stabbed you in the back. <laughs> that's what I would do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that's good. I mean, you should be running it.
1: Thank you. Well, that's oh. And then there was one other like lingering thing from the Big Brother Canada uh, news. Brett, would you care to care to fill people
0: in? Oh, no, I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Oh, I thought the the multi-level marketing
0: wasn't oh, I that thought it? that was no, I, that was I that was Julie's sweatshirts.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I thought you were talking about Big Brother Canada. All right. Well, then that's it from Big from Big Brother World.
0: Yeah. So, uh next up um Danielle. Yeah. Do you remember a time in your life when you were broke? You yeah. were a joke. I think that's the <laughs> words. I'm probably fucking it up already. And your love life was DOA.
1: I do. I do. And you lived in the and you lived in the village. Yeah. I had a terrace. Oh and my I lived gosh. with my best friends. <laughs> so okay, can I just walk you through my thought process here? Because yeah. I was really very confused. So Brett texted me when we were figuring out the details for the podcast this week. Brett texted me, of Easttown... Uh, the Rock, and The Friends Reunion. And I was like... Huge! Well, I know, but I was like, I can't believe Brett wants to watch this. But like, since he does, and we're going to be talking about it, I guess I'll watch it. So last <laughs> night, I begrudgingly pulled up The Friends Reunion, and I, I when I saw the time, the running time okay, of The yeah. Friends Reunion, oh, yeah. I went, hell no. I went, hell no. I pressed play, but my entire body was in shock. I I could feel myself tense up because it's an hour and 44 minutes.
0: I saw that. I noticed that as well. And I I was like, oh, wow. Uh, I didn't I was not aware of this. It's inappropriate. I thought it was going to (laughs) be. I thought this was going to be like a long episode of Friends. I thought they were going to have like a 45 minute episodes of Friends where they're like, Oh, Rachel, Monica, our old apartment is available on on Airbnb. Let's go like rent it for the weekend. And they kind of show up and like a number of the old people show up. Gunther is there and he's like, you want a coffee? And then he leaves. (laughs) Like Um, the
1: last episode of Seinfeld where every single person comes by.
0: this is what i thought i mean i i guess it it speaks to my ignorance or like failure to actually look into what this was i just thought they were doing like like a long episode of new episode of friends like what they were doing in the the fake the fake reunion of seinfeld in curb your enthusiasm where they shot like a new episode of seinfeld i thought that's what this was
1: yeah, well, it was not that. It was... Oh
0: my God, it was it not? <laughs> it was the most not that thing I've ever seen.
1: And here's Cruella a,
0: is more like an episode <laughs> of new episode of Friends.
1: Here's what I'll say. So, like, I'm not a- 100% anti, like, reunions as an idea for people to recreate their pop culture relevance. I watched the um Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion that they did on HBO Max and that was actually so good. It was beautiful. I cried. Was that
0: a new episode?
1: No, it was Or Was it the, like
0: this where they're like they're there themselves and they're just exactly hanging out. It was exactly
1: like this except it was only an hour long. And in the hour it was oh. like it was a lot of really fun behind the scenes stories and they showed a lot of really good oh. clips and one interesting thing that they did is they had Will Smith reunite with the first Aunt Viv, um, who he like famously they did not get along. And I think he got her fired. But so,
0: I've, you know, I've never seen this television show.
1: Oh, really? It's no, it's yeah. great. It's really good. But so and the the really sad thing was that, like, the the patriarch of the family, Uncle Phil, the actor who played him Yeah, yeah. So they like all go around talking about it. It was very beautiful, actually. Very heartwarming. And short, an hour. That's all you need. One hour. Question. Yeah.
0: Would the Friends reunion have been better if Matthew Perry were dead? (laughs) Oh, God.
1: (laughs) No, nothing could have made this better. The first... So I only... I tweeted this. I could only get through 14 minutes because the first... 14 minutes was just one by one, them walking into the soundstage and looking around and going, wow, wow. I'm oh crying, my God. you
0: guys. I'm crying. Remember, <laughs> I used to do this thing behind the scenes. Yeah, I do. Or no, I don't.
1: And then, and so I made it through them all coming into the studio. I made it through that. And I was like, surely now we'll pick up. And the sizzle for like the upcoming thing I was about to watch included the fact that the cast sits down with James Corden for an interview. Oh, and yeah. And I was like, no. I was like, Brett can watch it and tell me about it. I refuse.
0: You were on my mind. I saw the the runtime pop up, and then I saw <laughs> the rotund songster <laughs> barker of, of the 21st century James Corden. He's in Cats and he'll sit down with Sir Elton John in his little Escalade.
1: I just.
0: Uh, I, I was like, oh, my God, I, I felt bad because I knew you were a little bit hesitant about the whole thing. <laughs> and then I'm like and I'm like watching. It's like 7 p.m. or whatever Pacific time. And I'm like, oh, Danielle's. I can't tell her just to not watch. I was, I was just going to tell you. i was just straight up text you and be like, just don't watch this at all. Like, Have me describe it to you. Ew. And and then I, I don't I'm not I'm not up on at Hey Julie BB all the time, but then I realized I opened up our, our Twitter app and I realized that you had tweeted your disgust <laughs> at this about like three hours earlier. And I was like, oh yes. We had the We're same experience tonight. We yeah. are in
1: sync. Um, here's what one interesting like similarity though is as I was watching them one by one entering the house, I was like this is actually the way a season of big brother starts (laughs) except when it happens on big brother, I'm compelled. I'm excited. I'm thrilled. I'm on the edge of my seat with these people. I was like, I don't care. They're all fucking rich. They had, they had a hit show. I'm happy for them. I genuinely like all of these people as actors and as people, I have no beef with them, but it's just so, it felt so self-indulgent and like such an obvious, I know everything is, but like, Obvious late cash grab for whoever. Not for them. They're set for life. But it felt like the right people got into their ears being like, hey, I need a second mortgage on my beach house. Like, yeah. can we just make this happen? And they said yes.
0: We'll make you we'll make you like 0.001% owner of the new Time Warner. Yes. Yeah. why? Well, I know this only happened last week, but like the new Discovery Merge, like whatever. We'll give you an ownership stake in yeah. HBO. If you show up and do this thing because we really need subscribers like all this, everything that's going on right now in in like streaming media is a push for subscribers because like subscription revenue. Subscription revenue is, like, the hottest thing in, like, the finance world, whether it's, you know, Netflix or whether it's Apple. It's like, oh, pay for our, you know, $24.99 bundle of fitness and news and music and, you know, your cloud storage or whatever right. or Spotify. Like, in the world of business, every company is trying to get you to subscribe to a 4 to $30 monthly thing because – the same reason the gym does. It's like once they get yeah. you in the door, they're like, "You're fat ass, too fucking not, lazy." you oh, Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So everything's a push for subscription revenue, and it's like, please, oh my god, Friends. They, you know, they they got out of their deal with Netflix, and they're like, "All right, we got Friends on on HBO now." And I don't know, people are people are checking out HBO Go or Max or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, but, uh, I
1: respected HBO Max before this.
0: Yeah. Oh, not and 40, anymore.
1: An hour and forty-four minutes. Give me a break. Snip, snip. Time to edit.
0: I, about two weeks ago, when they were beginning to really plug the hell out of this, I sent you. I believe I sent you a screen cap of like the the uh, like the promo image, <laughs> and I knew this was going to be bad when I saw the promo image, and I was like, these motherfuckers are like can individually buy like a country. Yeah. And our ladies, our ladies are looking good. Yeah. Our ladies definitely. have put in the effort. Yeah. I mean, between between the various Adam Sandler movies, mm-hmm. Cougar Towns, oh, which yeah. stars very pretty actress. I don't know if you know <laughs> <with me. laughs> uh My guys, man, my guys truly falling apart. And I looked at that and <laughs> The, the matthew perry uh, he had his own health troubles during yeah, the show he has, like he, he was
1: he has issues
0: he has issues i mean i forget like, was it just alcoholism was no, he, it was was he doing as the drugs well. yeah, cool. like, yeah i'm pretty
1: sure it was cocaine as well
0: uh, yeah and then he he got super skinny because he was doing a ton of cocaine and then he stopped and then he got super fat he he had a roller coaster ride but like man if you if you want a, like a warning of like what happens to you if you like party too much in Hollywood in your 20s and 30s, my boy Matthew Perry literally looks like they like copied and pasted his his like skin onto like some sort of replicant body. He's and he's just like barely hanging on, clearly has fake teeth. It's it's rough. And that's and it's rough as uh, you know. Uh, An engaging. Most guys they wanted mm-hmm. to be Chandler, right? Because oh, they're Chandler like, "Oh, Chandler was great." Ross was a fucking fuddy-duddy. <laughs> Joey, obviously, very attractive, but he was he was dumb. Every guy was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm Chandler." And right. then you look at Chandler now, and it's like, "Oh my god, oh my god." <laughs> I, I, I'd rather just like walk into the ocean with like barbells in my pants than you'd rather be Ross. look like that. I'd swimmer. Schwimmer's looking sh- I mean, kept it tight actually. I must say yeah I must he's not <laughs> I wouldn't say he's tight, but he's the tightest. he's looking good and and I actually don't
1: mind honestly, i I don't mind um the dad LeBlanc. bod on Joey Triviani and the gray hair. I actually prefer it here's something I'll say
0: I would say he could I could say he could lose twenty five sure and he would still have the dad bod
1: yeah. listen. To me, I don't it's mean it's like,
0: a body shame, but no, it was it was very surprising that all the women look amazing, right? And the three guys show up. Schwimmer's looking all right. I don't know. I mean, he's probably doing some theater. He's probably doing like you know, he's Henry building his IV, mega
1: mansion on what, on East Sixth Street. Yeah.
0: LeBlanc, he was doing the sitcom on CBS. I mean, who knows? It might still be going. Like where he's playing, like, oh, I'm a, I'm a dumb dad. I, right. you know, the wife said, paint the paint <laughs> the fence like Man and I, of the house or yeah, something. yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's playing like a fat Tim Allen character, and Matthew Perry is like hanging on for dear life. i I forgot what the fuck what was i saying i don't know what were you saying I get
1: your point when it's under the lens of like the women look amazing and the men look like shit it's like that it's like that picture of selena gomez at the hotel frankenstein premiere where she's like decked out in a gorgeous dress hair done makeup done and then kevin james and adam sandler are literally in like khaki shorts and crocs next to her and it's like oh well this isn't fair this is definitely not fair Hotel Transylvania, maybe that's what it's yeah, called.
0: Yeah, I literally just googled Hotel Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen any of those photos. But, but
1: but um but I I don't think I think the women all look great. I think Courtney Cox went a little far. I'll just say that.
0: This picture of Selena Gomez and Oh my god. Adam couldn't even put on a clean t-shirt. <laughs> That's and I'm Kevin saying. just looks like he's at, he's going to Costco. He just <laughs> has like,
1: saying. he has
0: Saturday morning Costco vibes. He's wearing... Yeah. He's wearing some high top Nike sneakers, not like Air Force Ones or anything like if Nike made a new balance sneaker and like athletic shorts and like yeah. a nice a, a form fitting. T- He's just ready to like get some samples and like just <laughs> yeah. get so much bottled water. Um, uh,
1: Look, they all look <laughs> fine. They They all look fine. I think the reason we're like stuck on how they look because we didn't watch the rest where they, like, actually talked about it. No, yeah, it was
0: horrible. I mean, so they, they all walk, walk in and I, when did you turn it off? When when Corden showed up?
1: When, when they announced that Corden was coming. I was like, absolutely not.
0: Um, so then the, re- the rest of it is like, or I mean, I only got, like, eight more minutes into it than you did. So Corden, like, they're in the, I guess, Warner Brothers' back lot and Corden is interviewing them. Like, what was your favorite interview or uh, episode? What was your favorite memory? Yeah. Oh, here's uh, Bright, Hoffman, and Crane, the the, uh, the original creators or whatever. Cool. And then they're intercutting that kind of awkwardly with clips from the show, a Reese Witherspoon interview <laughs> who didn't show up. She's like, yeah. I'll sit in front of a camera and just talk about when I was on Friends for three episodes. Yeah. And I'm now much more successful than any of these people. Mm-hmm. Like for real though. Like I know no, Aniston Reece can fucking producing. Yeah. Oh, and she <laughs> produces movies where and TV shows where she wins Emmys and Oscars and shit. Yeah. Um and then they did a sort of I couldn't tell you know, it was a new it was like remember the scene in the episode where they do the where Ross is hosting the quiz Yeah. They did like a new version of that scene with Mm -hmm. a studio audience. It had been rewritten, but it was actual trivia about the show. Right. Friends. So Ross, so it's kind of the same energy of Ross hosting this quiz on a whiteboard. But the questions are about things that happened on the show. And you could tell none of them knew (laughs) really anything and it was it had like it was it had like improv audition energy it was it was they were like they knew to be on but they also weren't really prepared and lots of the questions involved callbacks to other cameos and stuff like their neighbor the old the old guy the neighbor was always wearing a robe he shows up for 12 seconds and around this point i was like okay I'm done. I'm a hundred percent done. So I, I, it's, it was bad. It was yeah. bad. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, wh- why, is, why did it have to be so long? I read, I know that like they released all these other, you said Reese was there, all these other like big name actors, I guess, like did other little cameos throughout that we missed, but I'm like, who cares? You know what the best part of the show Friends is the first four seasons. Oh. All right, like just go watch that. Do we need to watch this?
0: It's it's hard because they are, and forever will be, etched in stone between the whatever ages they were in like nineteen ninety four to two thousand and four. Yeah, and it is it, rough seeing them. I mean, I guess some of them you can still see and still doing stuff, but the guys are not really. I handed tickets to Schwimmer once at a at a show when <laughs> yeah. I work when I worked at a theater in, in New York. He showed up. He showed up in a in a fucking raincoat and a bucket hat <laughs> to some off Broadway theater.
1: Well, because you know what, these people genuinely are because of this show. Among like just uber famous, they are. That's probably yeah. why uh, Tribbiani is like, yeah, let me look different. Let me age. I don't want people to come up to me anymore, like telling me like how you doing. I want to look different <laughs> and old. I want to remind people like that I am not this character.
0: Yeah, it was. Did you? I mean, were you a fan of it? I don't know. I didn't mean to I like force like, this show on you uh, over <laughs> the weekend. I did like
1: it, but as I was. I, I liked the show. I stopped watching before the show ended because I was just like, all right. I've had enough. <laughs> like, I just didn't <laughs> find it like that interesting or relatable anymore. But, um, but as I was watching this streaming and I was like, I-, I just don't, I don't understand how you could love this so much that you would watch this and actually find it good or entertaining.
0: You know, I wasn't expecting. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the show. Anytime it's on TV, I'm like, yeah, I'll throw down with an episode it's, and a half of this. Definitely it's
1: definitely good. Yeah.
0: It's consistently funny. And I like hanging out with my favorite people from the late 90s. Uh, but yeah, this was I, I don't know. I Do people want to see an interview with Matt LeBlanc and with people who are interviewed all the time
1: still like Jennifer Aniston is still doing movies and gets interviewed and yeah she's doing the
0: most but like they're so rich that they don't give a fuck though too it's like what was your favorite thing like basically the the theme for the first 23 minutes was like, hey, remember this? And they're like, no, not really.
1: (laughs) And We did a lot of
0: episodes. And that was a long time ago. And we like that all the, we like that everybody likes it. And yeah, we're like, we still keep up with each other as friends, but we're not like a major part of each other's lives. If someone, someone, you know.
1: Well, that was the thing. It wasn't like, there was nothing to resolve with this reunion. Like if we, if it had been like, sex in the city for example where the women hate each other
0: like, oh yeah
1: Kim Cattrall said fuck hates you the, hates yeah. the other
0: one what's yeah. her name is a Fair socialist Jessica. queen she's <laughs> running for governor
1: <laughs> of New York <laughs> next one. like if if five years from now they figure out a way to get all four of them into a room to talk oh yeah that's interesting that is like okay I'm tuning in and that's why I think the Fresh Prince uh, reunion had a little something on them the patriarch passed away and will reunited with the first and Viv where there was you know a lot of a lot of um, controversy whereas with this it's like they all always got along none of them, none of them ever dated each other in real life they're all doing fine it's like what's there to talk about really
0: so i ask this question again danielle would the friends reunion have been better if matthew perry were dead
1: <laughs> i don't like this question <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, uh, we spent a lot of time on that. Anything else on? Um, no, on, I just have on our favorite friends.
1: No, nothing on them. Like, listen, if you watched it and enjoy it, good for you. All right, here's something I have to say. I opened up my Disney Plus
0: oh, subscription. Oh. Speaking <laughs> of okay.
1: so things no one wants or needs. I opened it up because I was like, listen, it's Friday night. I got nothing else to watch. I thought A Quiet Place. Yeah, I
0: watched 17 minutes. I thought I was going to watch something <laughs> for two hours, but my, my schedule is opened up.
1: And I thought A Quiet Place was going to be online, but it wasn't yet. I guess it's, it's only in, in theaters. theaters. Yeah. Gross. It's not, I know. So I was like desperate. So I went to When are you allowed Plus. to do things? Pardon?
0: When are you allowed to do things with your half-vax? Because in Canada, Canada is like only half-vaccinating everybody. Oh,
1: we are still shut down until mid-June.
0: <laughs> so with the half-vax, are you allowed to like go out eventually? Or do you have to wait till two weeks after your second one? I'm sorry to take over your So, your Well, the way
1: things are working in Ontario is that we, the way we're going to be reopening is by percentage of people with vaccinations. And so I think we're still on track for June... 4th next Friday for, oh, wow. um, no, for there to be outdoor dining. That's it. Okay.
0: okay. And then,
1: and then three weeks has to pass. And then we have to reach like 70% of adults first backs. And then we can get, um, a little more outdoor dining. Okay. And 15% capacity in store shopping.
0: And Not then, to take over this thing, but I don't <laughs> know if you saw that, um, all the states, including the, the, the. The Golden State of California. Mm -hmm. Is that our nickname?
1: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
0: We got a lottery system coming. (laughs) If you got (laughs) the Vax, you (laughs) might get (laughs) $50,000.
1: I mean, at times like this, I'm really like, why did I move?
0: I really Gavin Newsom was on, the governor was on the Jimmy Kimmel show being like, please. Please, You people love spending your your money <laughs> on fucking lottery tickets. Here's a free lottery ticket if you yeah. just get 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 a little Band-Aid on your arm. I'm yeah. sorry.
1: Well, this is Back all to say up. nothing's <laughs> open here. We can't go okay. anywhere. The cinemas aren't going to be open until September. So like, yeah, so you can't we see don't even, a quiet place. No, I, we don't even have well, the option. One options. would think it
0: would be streaming in Canada.
1: Exactly, but it's not. Fuck you, John Krasinski. How dare you?
0: Oh, God, he needs to get canceled.
1: <laughs> anyway, so I was driven to such madness that I opened up my Disney Plus, scrolled over to new releases, and what did I tap on? Little Miss Cruella.
0: Who let the dogs out! <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and to my dismay, a viewing you know of this? Cruella is not included in a Disney Plus. You didn't know this? No, it's 35 Canadian dollars.
0: Yeah, that's the uh that's the Disney thing. Like they only ha- they have two levels of like new releases that they're putting on on the Disney Plus. They have like Hamilton and I think Soul and mm-hmm. a few of the ones that came out last year where it's like, we'll just throw this on there. We'll just throw it on there. And then they have like, I think whatever Raya and The Last Dragon is. Yeah. And <laughs> Um, I think the Mulan one from last year right. and this it's like you gotta be paying the $7.99 and you gotta Venmo us $30 I just
1: I i was or absolutely or 35 in Canada I was absolutely gobsmacked because I don't even want to watch Cruella I was just <laughs> desperate I so I was like how dare you no
0: so, so did I, you watch it?
1: No, of course <laughs> I'm not paying that to watch a movie I know is going to be bad. There's no way. I, it's And especially like home in my uh, apartment to sit there and pay money. Like it's if it's going to be bad, I want to go to a cinema where I'm surrounded by people who are laughing and we're all in on the joke. Like when I saw Cats, you know, like yeah, I, yeah. I'm not paying for that, like to sit silently in my room, in my room where like my husband's like, wait, we paid for this and it's silent and we're both and he's like judging me like I I can't do it I can't do it
0: can we get into Cruella?
1: yeah spoiler alert
0: spoiler alert for the first 10 minutes of this movie (laughs) this has been spoiled by everybody so the reason Cruella I'm just gonna say it please it's in the first 10 minutes of the movie it's not a spoiler if it's the setup of the movie (laughs) You can, you can log off, but I wouldn't recommend it. The reason Cruella hates Dalmatians <laughs> is because a Dalmatian killed her mother.
1: <laughs> a pack of Dalmatians followed her around as a girl and saw an opening to kill her mother in front of her, in fact.
0: Someone put it on Twitter already, just the, the actual 12 seconds. <laughs>
1: I also, I have When say, the Dalmatians
0: push her mother off a cliff and she's like, no.
1: I do love that like, we have a pop culture podcast about pieces of pop culture that we have not watched. <laughs> <laughs> it's exclusively about the Friends reunion. We didn't watch it, but here's what we, we watched. We Cruella. watched more than most people. <laughs> we refused to watch it, but here's what happened.
0: <laughs> Hate it, didn't see it. <laughs> Not gonna see it.
1: Put it for free. I, I was just like, wait, who's convincing themselves to pay $35 for this? Because children don't want to watch this. Children don't like this.
0: Yeah, like if if anything, it seems like a little bit too dark. I I'm too dark for children. Like I if you are the parent of a tween to teen girl, and maybe you got a vax sleepover situation. Mm-hmm. And you can be like, all right, parents, I'll take your fucking teenage <laughs> daughter who's been locked in with you for the last fucking 12 months. I'll take her in for the night. I'll feed her pizza. I'll show her a new release movie with her best friends. But I don't care how you guys do it, but someone's got to send me 35 bucks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: I could see it for a sleepover of like 10, you know, 10 year old girls
1: Ten gals. Yeah, I guess. I just don't see why they I guess because they like Emma Stone. I like Emma Stone, too. But um, who doesn't? Yeah. But I you know what I like more dogs. I already went on this ranch.
0: Yeah, we don't want to. This is not the first time we've talked about this movie when the trailer came out or whatever. We were like, oh, my God.
1: That they were like, we need to show her point of view as to why she hates dogs. Some dogs suck. That's what, the, that's what they, these dogs killed her mother.
0: Why do we need to be scaring people away from dogs? Exactly. Dogs are lovely. But also, why do we need to be ascribing some sort of personal tragedy to why like people don't like something? like? Right. I mean, I, is, we're not the first people to say this, but I, lots of people are saying this. Like the point of 101 Dalmatians was that Carola DeVille was this evil old hag who wanted yeah. to cause pain and take that away and wanted to wanted to stop at nothing, including killing puppies to get what she wanted. Right. Which was this luxurious coat or I don't even know what the hell happens in that movie. I've seen the Simpsons episode. More than I've seen See the, my best. the actual 101 Dalmatians or know what happens in 101 Dalmatians.
1: She is. She wants to make a gorgeous coat of the puppy's skin. So are
0: they making a new mo- a movie in like five years where it's like, hmm, well, she's justified. <laughs> this, That's what this, this movie is. This extra no me watching a four-year-old in a wig be like, no, mother. <laughs> <laughs> like really is like, oh, this actually really makes it good for me. So
1: yeah. Um, upsetting stuff, guys. Thirty-five dollars for that? I don't think so. Please, if you paid, if you ponied up the dough, please add us at Hey Julie on Twitter. Tell us first of all why, and second of all, was it worth it? I'd love to hear from the real people who clonked down that cash to watch that movie.
0: Daniel, we have so much more shit to cover in this episode, including our promised um, uh, review of nineteen ninety six is The Rock. But first, I, Okay, yeah. I have one question to ask. Yes. Where are we on Lost? I gave up. Oh, no! (laughs) Where
1: did you get? I think like season three, episode eleven or something.
0: Oh, so you just didn't you didn't get to the end of, oh, you gave up in the middle of season three?
1: I hate the others too much. I really cannot stand them.
0: <sighs> I would I liked. hate
1: that they brought Juliet back to their camp Can and now you she's stick like in, she's ingratiating herself, all of them. I it was just too I can't watch it anymore. You know what I started watching instead? Because I was like, fr-
0: friends, <laughs> no,
1: because I was like, I need something with warm weather, with people on the beach. And so I just started watching Below Deck Med. And let me tell you, it's way better than Lost season three.
0: I, we don't have time today because we, we, we still have another, we have a lot of pod to do. In yeah. the next pod, can I tell you what happens in Lost?
1: Yeah, please. I, I don't care because I'm not, I don't All see right. me, myself going back.
0: Okay, this is going to be a fantastic episode. I can't wait.
1: Okay,
0: <laughs> Do we have anything else to talk about before we get to our movie No, review? we
1: need to jump into The Rock.
0: All right. This movie's fucking fantastic.
1: It is so good. It is this so good. This movie's
0: two hours, 13 minutes, and not a fly wasted fly. second. Not fly a fly. wasted second. It takes them like an hour to even get to the damn prison. And it's like, I don't
1: care. Oh, it's, yeah, no. Every scene before they get to the prison, I was like, oh, I love this. It's so good. I love that Sean Connery gets a makeover. I just, like, I, what a brilliant I, thing to do.
0: Yeah, you know, and it's so funny the way they build up to it as well with, um, he's like, oh, I, w- I want to shave in a shower. <laughs> <laughs> and Nicholas Cage is like, maybe a, maybe a haircut too. <laughs> And it's like, oh, and this is 1996, and he's, uh, oh, my is my hair out of style? It's a grunge thing. <laughs> or, it, it's such a good line. I I would say that um, the over the top effeminate hairdresser probably, maybe, maybe Michael. I, I would say Michael Bay probably does not care about getting a a, re, a a gimme or a redo on that one. But just maybe if we were remaking that movie now,
1: yeah, we
0: would we wouldn't have maybe. this sort of. But
1: I will say. I know it was like stereotype. Such a stereotype. It was such yeah. a stereotype. But I was like, I'm glad there's at least some representation in the movie and I thought that actor was really good. <laughs> no, and it's a funny and it's a funny thing where
0: it's like he wants a haircut and it's it is an extremely macho movie. There are two female characters in this movie. Yeah. And, and one neither is of the, Yeah.
1: One is the daughter and one is carrying a man's baby as usual. <laughs>
0: Yeah I, it's not a very feminine movie or whatever and I'm I'm not saying this the The man who plays the hairdresser is feminine. I'm just saying it's a new. it's a, it's like a the one little instance of like a new energy being brought into this movie. Look at us, we're defending this. yeah exactly horrible, well, scene no, it now. Is. but it's just it, like it's such a serious, like, we have to get to the chopper. Oh, no, they're about to fire them. like there's just so serious. And then it's like a funny scene where a man gets a haircut. it's it's like
1: yeah. there are a couple of a couple of characters like this in the movie where I was like, I feel like Michael Bay just found a character actor he liked and was like, I'm going to give you a big line. Like the guy who owned the trolley or the guy oh, or the guy who was the um the the um tour guide for the rock. Like yeah, he was no. just like, you know what? These are some fun character actors. Let's give them something to do. Okay, we have to back up just a little bit. Let's give the basic plot outline.
0: We start yet again on a solemn <laughs> military <laughs> <laughs> something it's Soliloquy. raining yeah it's raining there's some military funeral going on and Harris is getting dressed up in his his uh marine uh, whatever the whatever the fancy version of the marine uniform is with the white hat and the white mm-hmm. gloves we're not actually sure whose funeral it is Right. Is it a funeral for one of his soldiers or is it for his wife? But his wife has been dead for a little bit, but he's just going to the he's just going to the cemetery on the rainiest day of the year just <laughs> yeah, to yeah. drop some flowers, <laughs> just to drop some flowers off at his wife's grave. And
1: well, not just flowers.
0: Oh, a, a metal star, a but not
1: a gold star. Who knows? I don't know. I thought you <laughs> Americans knew every medal.
0: I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Happy Memorial Day, everybody.
1: So Ed is pissed because his whole thing is like all of these soldiers died in the name of their country and they never got any like money from it. They never got their due. They didn't even get military funerals. And yeah, I he's like about a
0: black ops it. general. He only does missions that the US doesn't even know exist. And they're, they're not missions where the U.S. is like, oh, yeah, we had like 10 soldiers die in China because we're, we're not actually at war in China. We should be there. So right. he's pissed that his soldiers are not getting the proper sort of, you know, due because they're all like black ops guys or whatever.
1: Yeah. So his solution is to steal this chemical, which comes in a little green ball. And it's so poisonous that if you drop a teaspoon of it. Within a, a hundred feet, everything will turn into dust. <laughs> like it, it's very dangerous.
0: And we have a good scene. Okay, we get we blow past another solemn, completely forgettable military opening to one of these Nicolas Cage movies. And it's, it's still raining, by the way. Yeah. And Ed Harris and his guys are taking over a military base, and they're stealing the gas. And they do a great thing just to show you how fucked up this chemical is. Yeah one of the soldiers drops one little green ball and they're like fucking leave him in there and they lock lock the the door to the this (sighs) like this uh, underground freezer sort of thing where it's stored and this guy's fucking shit melts off
1: yeah that's your first clue of like he
0: does not he does not fare very well and David Morris who's like so serious in this movie is like he like does he mouth like sorry or whatever through the glass or something like like that
1: (laughs) um (laughs) But, you know, first clue, I thought we were Leave No Man Behind. Remember Con Air? I thought we were, if we were a troop, you're not leaving anyone behind. But they left that guy to melt.
0: This movie has much different philosophy behind leaving people behind and behind yeah. general bloodshed than Con Air does.
1: Right. So then we meet um, our lovable, goofy desk nerd, Nick Cage, who... Like, is a badass. Like, he's very good at disarming a bomb and not losing his cool when poisonous gas is shooting out and everyone's gonna die. He's in this, like, little... I don't know what you call it. It's not a simulator because it's a real gas and a real bomb, but, like, he's in this little tube. And everyone's freaking out. He's very cool and collected and he disarms it. But everyone's like, this guy's a loser. I'm like, this guy's not yeah, he's a an, loser. Because he's a nerd.
0: Because <laughs> he's a nerd. They make a point that it's like... He plays with dart guns and he's like getting – <laughs> hey, paying 600 – he's paying – which never comes back, by the way. like The yeah. first lines of the movie, it's like, oh, it got here. I paid $600 on 1996 eBay for uh, a rare Beatles, Beatles pressing problem. or whatever. And it yeah. never comes back at all or whatever. Yeah. And he's a nerd. And, yeah, like the, the FBI gets some bombs into them. He disarms it and – Todd Luiz there and they also set up the fact that I guess for all poisons, there is just a magical antidote, but you have to inject it directly into your into heart, your which heart. is fantastic. <laughs> and can I also say too, and I want to set this up for, for throughout the whole movie. There is no reason for this movie to be rated R for real, for real. Well, like they if this say movie the
1: F word several
0: times. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. We are five minutes into this movie and the this is blown past the like two or one or two Fs that you need for a PG-13 movie. Like this movie it doesn't – is not especially violent. I mean there there is violence in it. Yeah. There is one extremely, extremely tame, clothes on, above the waist sexy <laughs> that yeah. lasts four seconds. Yeah. There is no reason for everyone to – be cursing so much. Like if this movie came out now, it would have like Miles Teller and The Rock in it. Right. <laughs> and, and it would be PG-13 because you don't really have to change much of this movie for it to be PG-13, but they have the scene where they're defusing this sort of poison bomb. And they're just cursing up a storm. And it's just so, it's just so delightful where you're like, Todd Luizzo's character is like, you want me to stick this fucking deal in my fucking heart? (laughs) It's a
1: great scene. I mean, it's so, I just think like it's not consistent with how everyone's treating Nick Cage with, like he's such a nerd, desk jockey loser. When yep. he they give him this badass scene to start off with, but anyway, he goes home after that to his gorgeous again gorgeous girlfriend. Oh my god! And they're like this loser. Um, have you seen it? his girlfriend? Is like so beautiful, and she Can loves him.
0: Can we talk about their apartment?
1: Yeah, where the hell hu- they live in? Like a closet, Washington.
0: Tower. <laughs> They live in, like, a converted, like, warehouse loft sort of thing. They have this huge fucking living room in this building. And it's got great, like, late 90s stuff. There's, like, a neon clock. There's just some great, like, you know, you're going to a – you're going to, like, your parents' friends who don't have kids' house party. And you're like, oh, shit. This is why I don't want to have kids. So I can, like, live like this. Right. And then later – They're very tame, clothes on, above the waist, banging on their fucking amazing roof with a million candles and lights and lanterns. It's gorgeous. This sort of industrial, yeah, oh my God. Also,
1: I noticed two glasses of wine in the background of that scene. Uh, She's pregnant. I know she was early, but come on.
0: Nick might be double fisting.
1: (laughs) Anyway, so she's pregnant. She wants to get married. He's, for whatever reason, hesitant. I mean, she's really one of the prettiest. I looked her up because I was like, who the hell was this? Uh, Vanessa Marcel. And apparently she was one of Prince, the musical artist's muses. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, it doesn't surprise me.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. She's incredibly like she is. I mean, if you watch this movie in 1996 and you're, you know, sub 13 year old, you're like, well. Oh my God. And <laughs> but uh, he's, he's dragging
1: his feet. He's like, Whoa, marriage? great. great scene. He's
0: so great. scene. he's so freaked out from the poison bomb thing earlier. He's like, yeah. he's playing, he's strumming on his guitar and he's like, we should, nobody should bring a child in this world. It's a, a violent act. It's, you know, people, people shouldn't do it. And she's like, I'm pregnant. And <laughs> what did you mean about that? And he's like, well, you know, the situation's changed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. And it's she's like, good. "Well,
0: you, I said that seven seconds ago." And he goes, "Yeah, but I didn't know that seven seconds ago." <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so they're cute. Um, and we na- now we, we know that him. like Nick's got a lot on the line. You know, he's got his girl, he's got his unborn child.
0: Just he's got his apartment.
1: He's got his apartment. He's got his Buell's record, and then he gets pulled into this. So then Ed and his cronies take over
0: the rock the rock <laughs> watching the scene so they they like they sort of disguise themselves on a tour of yeah. alcatraz which i've i've been on a tour of alcatraz pretty fun mm-hmm. i went when i was a kid though maybe i should do it again but probably doesn't feel good when you're on the the tour and you have uh you know like the school field trip and just the general tourists and there's like 10 six foot five proud boys <laughs> with fucking giant duffel bags <laughs> <laughs> of, of guns and stuff. I'm like, Oh, this is not good. I don't want to be on this. tour. <laughs> I don't want to be on this island. <laughs> but it's like Where you have evil? John C. McGinley there and, yeah. and, uh, Bokeem Woodbine and like all these actors who are like fucking cute. They just look like <laughs> fucking small ass yeah. Marines. I'm like, Oh no, this tour is not going to go well for, with for the people.
1: posture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Ed does do a good thing where we're supposed to be like, oh Ed, where he sends the little kids home before he takes yeah. everyone else hostage. Anyway, he takes everyone else hostage and he calls uh, like the top American <laughs> seems... brass. I don't even know. It's like the head he of the like FBI. The Pentagon. He calls like the, head the, of the yeah. Army. yeah,
0: yeah. So our guy, yeah, he called our our guy uh, John Spencer, RIP, Leo McGarry, RIP. great guy. Uh, yeah, we love him. He's playing the head of the FBI. We get he plays a real. We get, I pill. guess. Oh yeah. He, he hates, he hates Ed Harris, but he hates Sean Connery even more. He hates him so much.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's like, that's your cue. Like, oh, you're the villain in this movie. If you hate Sean Connery. Uh,
0: So yeah, we get the Pentagon on the ringer and uh, this scene was, this scene was a little bit rough for me. And I think, I think this happens a lot in Michael Bay movies, where it's like, "All right, we have to get the Pentagon on the line, or we have to get NASA on the line." And there's always some like snivelly, fucking four eyes nerd who they're like, <laughs> "No." And Jason Isaacs plays this character in in Armageddon, in, uh, in Armageddon. yeah, and uh, and you know, you know, they're like, "All right, I'm taking Alcatraz hostage, and this and that, and my guys died in South China." And some guy's like, oh, "We weren't. We don't have a war in South China." <laughs> and Harris is like, "Identify yourself." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I'm the White House Chief of Staff, sir." <laughs> and he's like, "How old are you, Chief of Staff?" Thirty three years old. <laughs> Chief of Staff is the most important job in the American government, short of the president. And actually, as we've learned from Leo McGarry, Chief of Staff of The West right. Wing. Being the chief of staff to the president actually might be a more important job than the president. The chief of staff is like the queen on the chessboard. Yes. So that this, this fucking nerd is thirty three, and it's just I don't know. I I know you're not thirty three yet, and you have a lot no. of time left to become so chief of staff. Yeah. <laughs> but that was that,
1: that was, was rough, and
0: that was just that was a shot across the bow. Well, Ed Harris really everywhere.
1: really put him in his place. He was like, "You were when you were in diapers. I was in Vietnam." Like he really put him in his place. And I don't think I don't think that guy had another line the rest of the movie. After yeah, he he's like
0: walking like, in. He's it's a lot of just like, <laughs> "What's the status?"
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, so Ed Harris wants a hundred million dollars, which he's going to send to eighty-eight of the people, the fallen soldiers' families, and then he's going to keep the rest and do whatever he wants
0: with it. Yeah. He want he wants a hundred mil. He wants it in his bank account <sighs> in forty eight hours. Yeah, and we're off and going. We get we get Nick Cage on a plane to San Francisco. He thinks it's an it's an exercise. His prego, uh fiance is like. Let's go. I'm going to stay at a hotel. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go see the seals down at Pier 49 or whatever yeah. it is. I'm going to get a sourdough bowl.
1: Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm gonna
0: have a great time. And uh, at this point, we're like, all right, okay. How do we stop uh, some shit going on in, uh, in Alcatraz? Only way to break out is to break in. Only one person's ever broken out before. He's a former... British CIA guy, yeah. and his name is Sean Connery.
1: Yeah, his name is John Mason, but he's <laughs> yeah. really his name <laughs> is Sean Connery, and he doesn't exist. Like, however, for whatever reason, they captured him, they pr- imprisoned him. He's an is a master escape artist, and they made him disappear. So, like, he doesn't exist. No one knows that he's been perhaps falsely imprisoned for thirty years.
0: Yeah, so they get him out, they got we have a we have an interrogation scene with uh this is kind of we, we, we this movie is just it's really it's really serious and it kind of comes across as being really serious and I I actually have the DVD of it which I watched last <laughs> night. The DVD by the way has two special features. The first one is the trailer for the mm-hmm. movie which takes itself very seriously. Uh-huh. And the second one is just like it just said like recommendations and it literally just takes you to a blank screen not a blank screen it's just images of it of five other movies from the same studio (laughs) that they would recommend you watch
1: there's no director's commentary there's
0: literally nothing no there's literally nothing on it maybe on the criterion edition but back to the trailer the trailer is so serious and this movie is actually quite weird and funny
1: it's so funny it's got such a great sense of humor yeah like So many parts, I mean, that's the thing. You've got Nick Cage and Sean Connery, two, like, obviously action stars. But the reason you're, when someone becomes a good action star, it's because they have that sly, like, wink in their eye. You know, like, the best action stars, Arnold, Bruce Willis, um, Sigourney Weaver, uh, Sean Connery, Nick Cage, Tom Cruise, Will Smith, they all... Have a charm. It's not just Vin straight Diesel. serious. Yeah. Vin Diesel, <laughs> the rock, the actual rock. Um, so you have to have a little bit of levity and they know that and they deliver.
0: Yeah. So William Forsythe is this like sort of FBI guy. Maybe he runs the West Coast Division and he goes into, he gets, goes in to interrogate Sean Connery and he's just a total fucking hard ass. Sean Connery isn't having it. So then they send in Nick Cage and Sean Connery can instantly sniff out that Nick Cage is a fucking loser nerd <laughs> and totally just fucking pones him he's, he's like poser.
1: <laughs> yeah he
0: just owns him he just wipes the floor with him he's like I want a suite at this hotel I want a shave and a haircut I want a, co- I want a cup of coffee yeah and uh, so he gets all those things from Nick Cage who's like sort of pretending to be this sort of FBI, like serious FBI interrogator and it's just a really good Nick Cage scene like he's playing a f- playing a different status than what he is and, and it, it, it really works
1: yeah um so he gets his haircut he gets his suite at the Fairmont and he orders a lot of room service
0: to distract all the all the FBI guys who are there. Yeah. they're like, oh, they're I don't know who piggies. ordered it. I'm eating it shrimp cocktail some some melons, just some good the summer FBI melons doesn't
1: come across well here. They're just little piggies who want to eat free and aren't watching this criminal who they've made a big deal about explaining escapes at any possibility.
0: Long story short, John Mason escapes. He throws John Spencer off a building, <laughs> but he's attached to a cable and rips his like arm out of his socket. Yeah, And they go on a high speed chase throughout the streets of San Francisco. Sean Connery steals. This is just so Michael Bay. Sean Connery steals a black Hummer from this sort of European- German? Yeah, like what What is it? Overweight, like fat yuppie sort of character. And it's just, I don't know, there's- Michael Bay is saying something about like fat European yuppie tourists, tourists, like- (laughs) using a Hummer. It's a big American vehicle. So let's give
1: it to the Scott. (laughs) Yeah. And then
0: Nick Cage steals a Ferrari. Oh, yeah. And they go on a chase. And this might be the best part of the movie. There is... Well, I would say the chase. I would say this specific part of the chase... They're just blowing shit up. The Hummer. This is such a Michael Bay thing, too. At one point, there's like a like an old VW Beetle from the 60s. This happens in a split second, but there's a VW Beetle from the 60s with like flowers spray. Paint. Yeah. It's just very like hate Ashberry, uh-huh. San Francisco. Everything you would imagine of like a VW but a beetle from the 60s that had been sitting on a corner in San Francisco for 20 years. Sean Connery's Hummer just fucking runs over it and crushes it. It's such a Michael Bay thing. But then we just smash cut to, it's a beautiful morning in San Francisco, and there's a kindly old cable car operator. Welcome on to my cable car, everybody. Having a great time. And this this car chase just fucks up. This guy's...
1: and I, this I was guy's like, cable Does car. Does this guy personally own this cable
0: car? <laughs> it's just so funny because this this guy has four lines in the movie. It's like, hey, everybody, come on my uh, cable car, yeah. How, and then he's like, oh no, and then the cable car crashes, and this guy who's had two lines is like, that motherfucker, I can't believe he wrecked my cable car. That motherfucker, I'm gonna fucking kill his ass. Yeah. It was. It's, I don't, it's just so funny. It, <laughs> yeah, it was good. It <laughs> was even good. the extras to your point, to your point, the extras in this movie are going from zero to sixty, and yeah. it's it's great.
1: Yeah, it's character development in a very short time frame. Um, <laughs> so he does all this. Sean Connery does all this to go visit his daughter Claire Forlani of the '90s films, meet Joe Black, others, um, and
0: <laughs> <laughs> so many others.
1: Claire isn't sure if she can trust him. But Nick Cage does him a solid and doesn't, like, drag him away in handcuffs. So they all catch up. The cops all catch up with him, and they're like, don't ever pull anything like that again. But we still need you. Yeah. So so he suckers them be- there. He, he then ha- tries to explain to them how he escaped from the rock. But, of course, he's like, oh, it's all up here in my mind. I'm going to have to go and show you firsthand. And they're like, well, you're not going. You have to explain to us. He's like, well... Won't be, I don't think it's going to
0: work. You're old as fuck and you just destroyed San Francisco and almost ripped the arm out of the director of the FBI's body.
1: And yet, okay, we'll give you what you want. (laughs) We'll bring you to the rock.
0: And then they're like, Nick Cage, uh, we know you don't want to go. You're going. You're going with (laughs) him.
1: You're coming. So they go and- um, They make a big deal. Yeah. Nick Cage asks for a gun and they make a big deal of like, you idiot, you don't have a gun. Do you even know how to use a gun? Like they're just razzing him at every opportunity. And so anyway, they get to the rock. And did you notice like a very important cameo singing small roles? Uh, Fabrizio from Titanic. Place, oh, I was going to call region. him
0: Mario Lopez Soldier.
1: <laughs> no, it's Fabrizio.
0: Fabrizio, I'm going home. I'm it's just, that smokestack? He's <laughs> <it's> so big. <laughs> oh no! I'm going to America.
1: And uh, he, he has Fabrizio. a really good scene
0: when they're uh, when they're um, preparing to to go off to the rock, where it's like, Hey, Nick Cage, uh, have you been in a combat situation before? And The Michael Bean character who survives a whopping seven minutes in this movie, <laughs> no surprise, is like, <laughs> Tell him, you know, Sergeant Smith or whatever. And yeah. Fabrizio is like, An underwater incursion with the special seal <laughs> team with like to do this and this and this. And the cage is like, No, I haven't done that. <laughs> no. It's just, it's funny. It, it has just these like really good timing moments of, of like set up a, and set up and, and pay off and expectation and building tension and releasing tension in a very masculine movie. It's, it's funny. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's great. Um, So they get to The Rock and pretty much immediately everyone dies except for Sean Connery and Nick Cage. Yeah. Everyone yeah, gets yeah.
0: Instantly. Yeah. And they had to stop these rockets. They got us, you know, there's these rockets with the gas that we talked about and they go around, they go about doing that. Yeah. John C. McGinley of Scrubs fame. He's like a, he's a baddie. He's a henchman. And, uh, you know, they go around. We have some good scene. I mean- So much happens in this movie and and so little actually happens in this movie.
1: Well, everything that you think happens, happens. We get some great like good cop, bad cop moments or not, you know, just like buddy comedy moments between uh, Sean Connery and Nick Cage, including I think everyone's favorite line, which like I know was used in the trailer. I'll do my best. Your best.
0: Your best. (laughs) Losers cry about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom
1: queen <laughs> It's like It's such a and perfect And he goes
0: Carla yeah. was the prom queen
1: <laughs> Such perfect Just great Americana. Was not in the trailer
0: Because there's like so many F's in that sentence Right
1: Why would Sean Connery A 60 year old Scotsman Know about prom queens He wouldn't
0: All of All of the best lines from the movie Aren't in the trailer because all the best lines in the movie have the have the word fuck in them. Yeah. And well, so the great. trailer is just a lot of like, go, go, go. <laughs> the rock. They're coming to the rock. We need to get to the rock.
1: <laughs> the rock has been taken. It's poison, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know we're we're kind of pushing time here. So I listen, we can't. No, really- there's so
0: much more to talk about.
1: We can't. I,
0: I know you have shit to do. <laughs> OK, so also we we find I, there, another thing that I, I want to bring up. We learned that Sean Connery, he's like a, a secret agent for the British government. And in the 60s and 70s, in the 60s, J. Edgar Hoover had a bunch of had a bunch of reconnaissance on like the prime minister and the queen and stuff. So Sean Connery was assigned to steal it back and steal back of a bunch of American secrets, including which John Spencer basically says is in this universe that aliens are real, that the alien landing was real and that they have the evidence and that Sean Connery, Saw it and stole it along with the the real film behind the JFK assassination.
1: (laughs) He knows who really shot JFK, which, like, again, two things Americans love. Oh, they love to talk about who shot JFK and And aliens. aliens.
0: So So Sean Connery's crime, which put him in Alcatraz, was that he's he got caught doing this, but they didn't try him and they just threw away his file. Right. So. You know, they they do some stuff. There's some great scenes. I'd take pleasure in gutting you, boy. Ed Harris and and Sean Connery have a good scene. Ed Harris is trying to bluff and, like, kill this hostage. And Sean Connery kind of knows he's not going to do it. He just plays it super cool.
1: Well, because that's the whole thing is, like, this whole time, um, Ed Harris is bluffing. And here's the thing. Early on in the movie, I was like, and I never really noticed this before, but- Of course he's bluffing. He's not willing to die over this. If he actually launches the rocket, it's going to reach him too. And he's going to die too. He's not going to do that.
0: Yeah. You know, he he doesn't, he, at at sort of every point where he could actually, you know, enact violence on someone, he shies away from it, right? We get towards the end of the movie. Oh, he takes his hostage. He doesn't shoot the hostage. Towards the end of the movie, his sort of deadline that he gave to the government is up. He fires a rocket across San Francisco, but then he like – at the last minute, he like types into his little machine and the rocket crashes into the ocean and it doesn't hurt anybody. So I I can imagine the ecological disaster of VX gas in in the San Francisco Bay. Um, But there are a number of henchmen in his uh, his group – um, including one soldier who I'll just call like Vigo Mortensen because he looks a lot <laughs> like Vigo Mortensen. And this guy, he's annoying as fuck and he's super aggressive. And they're kind of setting him up to be the ultimate bad guy. So they eventually have all Ed Harris and his henchmen and all the, they all realize like Ed Harris kind of full of shit, right? Like mm-hmm. he's like, you know what? I'm not going to fire these rockets. I'm not going to kill a bunch money. of, I'm not going to kill innocent people. I'm not going to kill the hostages. And I'm not yeah. going to destroy the city of San Francisco with poison (laughs) rockets that you hide. And these guys are like, but you gave us a speech at the beginning saying like, we're all branded as traitors and we're all getting a million dollars and we're going to go to Mexico or something. shit." Yeah. So they kill Ed Harris.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, he he fucked around and he found out.
0: Yeah. They kill Ed Harris. (laughs) And time is running out. The government got these rockets. They're just going dis- to—they're just going to level the island with these new rockets that burn at a really high temperature to kill the gas. They're going to kill Nick Cage. They're going ki- to the government's like, yeah, we have this speech. We have the thing that happens in a lot of Michael Bay movies that happened. There was even a bit of this in Con Air too, where it's like you have the briefing in the open air. Uh, hangar Airplane hangar With a yeah. giant American flag in there You yeah. have the president being like This is the hardest call I've ever <laughs> had to make in my life 81 lives Versus the lives Of a million citizens Right And uh, time's running out They disarm the rockets Nick Cage Has to just fire off this flare To let the let the FBI know That everything's good But Viggo Mortensen's there And he's fucking pissed and the 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 most evil of the the, the henchmen, he gets a little green ball to the fucking face.
1: Into the mouth.
0: And then he punches it. That that was just a great moment. He gets a little yeah. glass ball in his mouth, and Nick Cage punches him in the mouth. His body starts foaming and convulsing, but Nick, now he's been exposed to the gas too. Uh-huh. So he's gotta fucking jab himself in the heart. <laughs> The thing that the they bonito. set up at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Like the movie's it, just so good with that. It sets it up little all these little things. And you there's know, something else he we forgot to say.
1: So um <laughs> at the very at the beginning, when they're trying to get uh Sean Connery to do this, they're like, Yeah, we'll give you a pardon, totally. And then oh, he, yeah. the head of the FBI rips up the pardon. Womack. Ah, Womack, you um, piece of shit. But um <laughs> But and and Nick Cage saw it and Nick Cage is not down was not ever down with that because and no. he's come to love Sean Connery.
0: Yeah, so they have an agreement. Help.
1: Yeah, exactly. He wants to help Sean Connery. So Sean Connery knows as well. Like he knew that they weren't going to let him do that. That's why he always has a plan to escape. And so Nick Cage helps him by pretending he died.
0: Yeah. So yeah, yeah, at the end, they're like, what happened to Sean Connery? Just like seeing another life, brother. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, like brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nick Cage is like, oh yeah, he was he was vaporized. His body was blown out to the sea. And Nick Cage, oh, Sean Connery gives him one parting little bit. He gives him a little piece of paper with an address in Kansas. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the movie. He and his wife and their lovely new English bulldog Sorry. go to Kansas. They go to this church and they find the microfilm of JFK's assassination.
1: <laughs> and can I just say, for Con Air, for this, and then what's it? The, face Off. These well, are you know, huge movies week. that leave off where you could so easily have franchised them. And I'm so glad we didn't.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, you have, you have Steve Buscemi's fucking...
1: Just walking Death off into the sunset. through
0: yeah. through Vegas, where he just murders 50 tourists in Vegas in one hot weekend. You have this. You have, yeah, Stanley Goodspeed, you know, uh, Conspiracy Hunter. Yeah. He's got a bulldog. Oh,
1: teaming back up with Sean Connery for the sequel. I mean, this is sort of like the beginning, uh, uh, the start of um, National Treasure. Um, and then, yeah, Face Off is what we're going to be discussing next week.
0: Any other thought? I mean, we kind of just ran through the plot. Like, do you have any bigger topics? Anything about this
1: movie? About this movie?
0: Anything else you wanted to bring up that we didn't hit on?
1: Not really. Just that I absolutely love it. It's such a good movie. It's like, again, like Con Air... Something you can watch over and over and every time you appreciate it. It's just like got great staying power. We I know we all love to shit on Michael Bay, but like this is a great movie.
0: <laughs> this movie is in the Criterion collection. I will yeah. I'll have you know. And Conair really gets off on the it gets by on the the strength of the the um the cast and you have this big yeah. ensemble cast of wacky characters and half of the movie is just like here's this guy he murdered seven people <laughs> and they're just going through a parade of saying what people did uh this movie there's a, a huge cast in it we've made, named so many of the actors but it's really just kind of about these like three guys for the yeah. most part and also in con air Cage is playing a character. He has this over-the-top long hair and this stupid Southern accent, and he's walking around winking and smiling, and saying, "You know what, old buddy? I'm gonna get you your your diabetes medicine." And this movie, he's like, he's doing more of the the twitchy Nick Cage thing. He's like doing, he's like movie star David Duchovny. You know, like mm. all the promise of what Duchovny was in the X Files as this like weirdo FBI yeah. agent. That's what Nick Cage is doing here, and he's like he's twitchy, but he's also a little bit hot. And uh, you know, he's he's saving the day, and he's also one of the things. I one of the last things I wanted to mention is it's really funny as the movie progresses and as Cage sort of builds up his confidence right like he does the scene when he's interview or he's uh interrogating uh sean connery at the beginning and sean connery just instantly sees through it but late and he asks a question it's like uh and womack is like you're on a need-to-know basis and Mm -hmm. then like 20 minutes later sean Mm connery is like hey i see you got a ring on your finger or something like that uh And Nikkei just like, you're on a need to know basis. <laughs> and he does a few more of those too, where it's like, it's like all of a sudden he has to man up and be like, that's classified. And you can tell he kind of is just like making it up in the spot. And It's, it's really good. It's really good acting because he's playing like a, a pretty dynamic emotion. Yeah.
1: No, he's, he's great in this. Um, two thumbs up. Absolutely love it. And I can't wait to complete the trifecta next week with Face Off, where we're going from like, Nick Cage as superhero in Con Air to Nick Cage as like middling normal guy who becomes a hero to then Nick Cage as an absolute villain.
0: This performance in in Face Off is the most postmodern acting performance (laughs) ever dedicated onto celluloid. I'll explain it then. Uh, Two note, one, one note, Last week's episode, I should have said this at the beginning of the episode. Last week's episode of Hey Julie, I had accidentally posted the wrong I posted like an episode from two or three weeks ago.
1: <laughs> Cause I
0: all have them like similarly neat. I have a I have a file structure and I was not totally paying attention. So when I was uploading the episode, I clicked on an episode I clicked on a on a file from a couple of weeks ago. It's been fixed. Thank you to the people on Twitter who called us out for it. Thank but if you, you were confused, you didn't catch it, go back. Redownload download the episode. The right audio is there. Shan't yeah. happen again. I apologize.
1: No worries. Listen, mistakes happen. Um, so we're so excited. We'll be chatting with you guys next week. We'll have some mayor to talk about as well, perhaps the final episode of Mayor of East Sound. Oh,
0: yeah. It's tomorrow night.
1: And just everyone have a great week. Bye, Julie. Stay
0: safe. Holiday weekend. Don't drink and drive. Bye, Julie's. Bye.